welcome back to the show. As you can hopefully tell by my voice, I'm not Josh Quaddy. <laughs> my name is Liv Staggs, and if we haven't met before, I serve as a resident here with the College Age Ministry at College Heights. And I'm so excited and super honored to be filling in here for a podcast that I love and a ministry I hold very dear to my heart. We've got a great show for you today, and as we continue in our series on emotions with our topic today of anger. But before we get to that, I would like to introduce you to our episode guest, Dr. Shane J. Wood. Oh my. Shane, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, (laughs) who you are, and what you love? Sure, Liv. Um, I'm a father of four. I'm a husband of over 17 years. Uh, I'm a professor at Ozark Christian College, and I love the Boston Celtics. Is that enough? Is that what you told me to do? That's good. That's good. (laughs) You also wrote a book. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I wrote a book recently uh, called Between Two Trees, Our Transformation from Death to Life. And um, I do a a lot of writing here and there, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've done a lot of podcasts since then. Yeah, I have. Maybe maybe I should just have you just do it for me. (laughs) Yes, done quite a few podcasts and things like this, which I I love settings like this because then, you know, we get to... um, obviously have a conversation about something that's interesting, but then we get to be in more places than just one Mm -hmm. as other people listen to it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So thanks for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) Have you done, um, like a tally of how many podcasts you've done? Cause I want to know what number this is. I don't know if I have an exact tally, but we're, we're probably around 30 something. Really? So yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it'd be more like in the hundreds. Well, it's only been in the last like year, Liv. Okay, well, it seems so like, like... like almost one a week. Isn't that sufficient? <laughs> okay, okay. If you did one a week, that'd be 50, too. That makes sense. All right. So we're, we're in, like, the top 50. You though. are. You guys see I was saving the best for first-ish. Oh. First, first 50. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. Let's just dive in, shall yeah, I we? I thought we already did. Okay. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, our episode today is about anger. Mm. And I'm sure that our listeners have felt that before and acted on this not-so-little emotion. Hmm. Um, And I'm sure you've also experienced this emotion in your life. It's my primary emotion. (laughs) (laughs) So as that being your primary emotion, can you share an example of a time you got really angry and acted on that? Oh, yeah. Goodness, yeah. I'm I'm actually just... The things that come to my mind are more like uh, the ones I've apologized recently for... Hmm. um, yeah, anger anger is the primary way that I filter a lot of reality. Um, uh, internal anger for me is very normal. I have a lot of anger pointed towards me, but then it then it spews out, mm-hmm. you know, towards especially towards the people that are closest to me, so my kids and my wife. Um, even just recently with with my uh, with my son Zion, mm-hmm. um, he's 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 gold. He's just a good kid. He's super responsible. Uh, but the other night I just was tired, but whenever I'm tired, I filter it through anger. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm not feeling good, I filter it through anger. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm happy, sometimes I get overstimulated and it moves to anger. <laughs> uh, and Zion came in and he was just like really excited about, you know, some, he just started driving. So he was just really excited about some stuff. And I just was super short, very dismissive mm-hmm. and kind of snapped at him and basically just said like, Hey man, you just kind of came in and took over the whole room. Why don't you just, you know, back down? Mm. Well, what was really going on inside of me is I've not been feeling good for like four weeks. I was tired from a long day. Mm -hmm. He came in and and the the first emotion at my hands was anger, snapping at him. Mm. Um, 
so, you know, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I, I went and made it right. But that's not, I, I won't say that that's a normal thing because it's not normal, but it's also not atypical. Like I have to, I have to work really hard to keep my anger in check, especially from those closest to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how have you been able to recognize when maybe anger will be the first thing yeah. that you respond in? Are you able to do that? Yeah, on my good days. Um, you know, for me, this goes this goes way back. Like, I mean, the the anger is the is really the earliest, most clear emotion I remember, even as a child. Mm. Um, you know, and so in I mean, I've I've talked openly about my story before, and even in my book, I write about it. But um, you know, I was molested whenever I was six, mm-hmm. and a lot of the way that I was processing that trauma was just through through anger, mm-hmm. um, through uh, self berating, and so. So anger is, is, it's not just my first emotion because I'm erratic. Mm -hmm. It's my first emotion that I usually have to filter things through because I'm, because I'm still, um, in some senses that six year old is still very alive inside of me. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been my defense mechanism. It's been the way that I've been able to cope with the world around me. But yeah, my best moments I can, I know what's happening and I've gotten better over the last five years, especially of knowing my patterns, knowing that anger is, is, I mean, even ask Sarah, the way that even like I flirt is by like poking at her. She's like, why do you do that? I was like, I don't know. I'm just like, anger just kind of does what it does. I don't know. Like, so I have to really pay attention to the way in which what happens to me internally all the time Mm -hmm. when it starts to come external, um, it's less than, but it's still, it's still something I have to, um, confront. It's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. I think it's important too that you highlighted you got back to the source of where the anger comes from. Yeah. And that's part of figuring it all out. Absolutely. No, and I think um there there's a a fourth sorry, I'm a super big nerd, so if I use <laughs> if I use some weird names uh because uh, that's just the way I go. Uh but there's a 4th century desert father named Evagoras of Pontus. And Evagoras of Pontus um, describes anger um, as really the uh, mask of sadness. Um, and his definition of sadness is frustrated desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in reality, what, all that my anger is is a manifestation of something that is broken inside of me that I'm, that I'm uh, an expectation I thought that life was going to turn out this way. I thought I was going to wake up today and feel this way. Mm-hmm. I thought I could trust the babysitter. All those frustrated expectations mm-hmm. move into a sadness. And whenever sadness decides to take motion, when it decides to um, uh, confront, in a sense, what it is that, that, it, that, that it's frustrated about, it usually matures into anger. Mm. So, so understanding that the broken, the trauma of my past, mm-hmm. um, is began almost in a sense, like opened up this, um, this, uh, the floodgates, like it like broke the dam of anger. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's the most familiar channel that I step into because, but it's a, it's a manifestation of my sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that connection to me has been very essential. Because anger is a secondary emotion. It absolutely is. Yeah, it's a it's and that's where people ask me my definition of anger. I consistently say it's a mask of sadness. Mm-hmm. It's a it's you know just like on a Halloween we mm-hmm. put we put masks on and stuff in order to be someone mm-hmm. different. That's what anger is doing. Mm-hmm. Is it's and so really what when you quote unquote confront anger, 
what you have to do is to be patient enough and gracious enough as you approach your anger mm-hmm. to ask what it is that it is grieving, mm-hmm. what it is that is that it's broken about. Mm-hmm. So for like our listeners who might be experiencing this emotion mm-hmm. and wanting to get to the source of where their anger comes from. Yeah. How would they go about doing that? Just like going back to the sources of trauma or... I mean, honestly, here's here's one of the things I've found with the people that are the um, most at the surface angry all the time. Mm -hmm. Usually it's because the well of their brokenness runs super deep. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the times I'll even have students that I work with, they'll report like, I just don't remember anything about my past. Mm -hmm. So something tangible, I was actually uh, working with a couple of pastors recently that were struggling with anger and... um, so I usually give, I meet with them monthly via Skype and, um, I gave them homework this past, this past month. I said, oh, this is what I want you to do. I want you just to carve out like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. I want you to, to sit down at a computer and you're going to just write whatever memory comes to your mind. It does, if, if it's stupid, it's fine. If it's, if it's really traumatic, it's fine. And you're going to write every memory that comes to your mind in as great detail as you can. Oof. And the idea is... Um, whenever you get into that, a lot of times we have blockage, which it's, which it's a defense, it's protecting us. Mm-hmm. We don't want to remember all of our past all of the time because then we wouldn't be able to function in the present. But if you create a space for a couple of hours, um, and you allow the spirit to unearth whatever it wants, whenever it wants, uh, about anything that it wants, um, you start to see blockage break down. Mm-hmm. You start to see eventually you will you will come to a an emotion or you'll come to an event that you want to avoid. Um, but in those moments, if you allow it just to be a streamline of this kind of prayer practice, mm-hmm. um, it will start to unearth some of the undercurrents of sadness that are manifesting itself in pain. Mm-hmm. So that'd be that'd be the first step. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong; like it is helpful at some point. You know, to to look into more professional mm-hmm. channels like counseling and stuff. But Absolutely. this is this is a tangible something that they can do right after they listen to this podcast. Right. You yeah. know. You know, and I think it's really interesting that you pointed out even teaming up with the spirit mm-hmm. to understand your anger. Um, I don't know about all of our listeners, but I know definitely for me, growing up in the church, I always thought that anger was a bad emotion. Yeah. And that was, you know, part of family dynamics that taught me that, but I wasn't allowed to feel angry. And if right. I was angry, I wasn't following God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not biblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and that's something I've had to learn myself. Mm-hmm. Um, anger, anger in and of itself is not evil. Now, what we can do with anger can at times become evil. Mm-hmm. Frankly, though, what we can do with sadness can at times become evil. Yeah. Uh, frankly, what we can even do with happiness at times can become evil. Any emotion can be used to destroy. Mm. But also through the Spirit and through Christ's grace, any emotion also can be used to bring about healing. Um, so I had a, uh, uh, um, I was working with a young woman, um, who was in a male dominated setting Yeah. and she was just talking to me about how frustrated she was with having to walk into a room and basically prove her existence in order to be heard. Yeah. And she just, she started crying (laughs) and as she's crying, I'm, I'm listening to her, but the whole time she just kept going like, but you know. She's like, but I, I know that that's not what they mean to do. I, I know that they're not meaning to make me feel that way. She's like, benefit of the doubting. Right. And finally, I just asked her, I said, I said, um, first of all, well, first of all, I said, I said, hey, well done on trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Because especially in 2020, most people don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. 
And then I said, but, but here's the second thing I need to say to you. Um, do you allow yourself to get angry over this? And she was like, well, I, I don't know. And I said, that's, you need to. Hmm. I said, you're, you're being mistreated. Hmm. I said, it's okay. I said, and here's why this is important. It's like the Psalms teach me. So, you know, this entire book in the Old Testament with 150 songs <laughs> that they would sing in worship. If I have any critique on worship, it's we don't have enough songs that are just hmm. angry. Hmm. Because the Psalms, they allow full-throated anger over issues directed at God. Yeah. Saying, Why? What are you doing? Where have you been? Mm-hmm. I mean, what the Psalms teach me is if you don't explore the full spectrum of the emotion of not just sadness, but of anger, mm-hmm. so the, the two extremes of what we're talking about with this particular set, um, then you're not able to fully heal from what it is you're engaging. Mm-hmm. Anger, anger motivated in the right direction mm-hmm. uh, and with the right benefit of the doubt uh, safety valves um, is super healthy. But it's knowing where to express that anger and when. Mm-hmm. And the best place to do that is in settings of worship. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you even see Jesus doing this. Uh-huh. I mean, Jesus utilizes his anger for reformation. If we didn't have people that got anger, angry, then our society would be filled with all kinds of injustices, even more than what it already is. Mm-hmm. But it's whenever anger finally brings people to a point where their sadness boils up and it demands motion. Mm-hmm that all of a sudden things can start to be transformed. However, anger is not the end goal. Anger is that bridge between sadness and restoration. Anger is that bridge. It's the motion that gets the train moving from the beginning destination, sadness, to the ultimate destination, and that is healing, mm-hmm. compassion, grace. Mm-hmm. But without that anger point, it's, it's false. It's fake. We're, we've not really unearthed everything that's present. That is so mind-blowing to me right now. Yeah. I think especially because anger is just one of those things, again, with family dynamics, and I'm sure listeners can really relate to this too, that's like you are not allowed to feel that. You know, you can be on both sides of the extreme of you only express through anger or you do not express through anger. But what you're saying is that it's actually a tool to be used by the spirit mm-hmm. to bring you into healing in healthy situations and in, and in healthy ways of expressing it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why this is why finding that safe place, finding that safe community, mm-hmm. because whenever you start to uh, find that space to express your anger, what eventually comes out is the sadness that you've buried, mm-hmm. because that's all that anger is. It's a mask for sadness, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times. So there's there's a, there's um, Evagoras talks about how there's this. Um, relationship between kind of three states of being. Mm -hmm. Sadness is the first one. A lot of times that will mature into anger. Honestly, I would even say hopefully. Yeah. Um, But then he also says anger left untreated eventually leads leads to numbness. That eventually what happens is we, whenever we suppress the anger, whenever we um, either just or handle it inappropriately by just Mm -hmm. allowing it to lash out at people around us. Mm -hmm. Eventually over time, especially if it's fixated on one issue, people grow numb. They go, they grow paralyzed. All three of those states are unhealthy in their isolation. But whenever you allow, whenever you, so, so the, the, the positive side of numbness Mm -hmm. is compassion because there's a part of my, so, so I was first, um, broken by a, a babysitter by the name of Joe. He's the one that, mm-hmm. that first molested me mm-hmm. for 
25 years, the only tool I had in my hand to deal with that was, was anger. Mm-hmm. Now, it was anger. And I will say this. This isn't, this isn't all across the board. But socially speaking, over the last 50 years or more, uh, anger is a lot more appropriate for males to be able to express than females. Right, yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, so I, in my anger... Was you know I would I would you know, put my anger into uh, you know sports like from basketball to wrestling mm. to twenty five years to eventually um, getting my PhD. It was a manifestation of my anger wow. um, because you have to have a re- level of resilience to do this <laughs> right. stuff. Yeah. Um, so so the thing that was most dangerous about the way my anger was incarcerating me was was imprisoning me mm. um, was that it was all socially acceptable for my specific gender. It was encouraged. Yeah. Um, Eventually, I realized that all that my anger was, um, was a way of running from the pain of Joe. Mm. And it was after 25 years where, frankly, I was just like, I'm just sick and tired of holding this this weapon. Mm -hmm. So really, before I really unearthed this trauma, I was in a state where I was numb, Mm -hmm. but the spirit wouldn't let me stay numb. The sadness began to flow in. The anger began to manifest. Um, and eventually I came to a place where I wasn't numb towards Joe. Uh, but I was also at a place through compassion and through my, the grace that I genuinely feel towards him where he, he just doesn't hurt me anymore. You know, numbness can be a protective measure too, to -hmm. get you through trauma. But on the flip side, the paralysis can move into a healthy motion that is compassionate filled when compassion literally means to suffer with, Mm -hmm. that's what it means. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's what, that's the way I feel with Joe. My, my, the question that really started to break down the trauma with Joe is my, the question I asked myself, I wonder who broke him because broken people break people. Mm-hmm. And whenever you humanize who it is that you're angry towards, then, the, then the sadness that you have that he caused mm-hmm. starts to transfer over to them where you start to, in a sense, uh, pity, pity their plight, pity what it is that they've experienced. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that because yeah. I'm sure that brings like a lot of hope to listeners who hmm. are trying to figure out how to deal with their anger and yeah. how to turn that into something really good. Yeah. Even numbness too. That's really great that you shared that. Yeah. But I, I do want to say this. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about how anger is a negative something and we've, we've, into, we've, we've kind of like leaned towards how it's positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a group of students, younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I said to him is I was like, what I love about your generation is that you're angry. <laughs> I said, now let me explain. I said, first of all, I said, let's be honest. Sometimes you're angry. I said, I would say to your generation, you're angry because you don't see the whole picture. Right. Sometimes we get angry at things because we don't see how everything is connected. And since we don't see how everything is connected then uh, our natural response in our frustrated desires or sadness is just to ball up a fist and be angry. Mm-hmm. I said, so part of the reason why your generation is angry is you just haven't lived long enough to see how everything's connected. I said, now let me flip this. <laughs> I said, you're also angry because in the church, especially there's things, and in this world, there's things that need to be angry, that, that should be, we should be angry at. Amen. Like th- there are <laughs> yeah. things that need to be confronted, addressed, torn down. Mm-hmm. And we, we're watching this move in this generation and in our society. Um, move, we're watching the cleansing power of anger. Here's my concern. Um, anger with no direction or no discipline and love tears things down, but very rarely builds things back up. Mm. 
we are, we need this phase of anger. Mm-hmm. Without movements like the Me Too movement, with without movements like Black Lives Matter, right. the anger that needs to confront things that are broken and wrong. Your generation's doing this well, mm-hmm. and I'm very thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, my I don't know if my generation was numb. I don't know if my generation didn't have the um, uh, what's the, the boldness, the mm-hmm. courage. Mm-hmm. Your guys' generation, I think, is being moved by the Spirit to confront. What the the what what I want to just uh, offer your generation long term because there's still things that need to be confronted. There's still things that are broken in our churches, mm-hmm. in our cities, in our nation, in the world. There's still things that anger anger's not done yet, doing its cleansing power. Mm-hmm. But anger without a destination um, eventually becomes um, it becomes uh, self sustaining. It becomes the only thing that matters. No, anger is not the goal. Mm. It is the path to a greater goal where eventually once you've torn down the things that need to be torn down, mm-hmm. that then what is left what is left, you can use to build back up into something. And that's where the compassion, right. that love has to be the undercurrent of the anger, not vengeance, not settling scores. However, at times, that type of desire needs to be utilized to break what it is that's breaking people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that I'm hearing you to say, use your anger, but be intentional with how you're using it. Yeah. That's really good. Absolutely. I I genuinely believe that one of the undercurrents of the civil rights movement of why it was so powerful was anger motivated in the right way. Mm -hmm. Because anger and stubbornness, yeah, in times they can be devastating, but at times we need people to be resilient and stubborn because frankly, the task that's in front of us is Mm -hmm. enormous. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think God cares about redeeming all parts of our lives. Yeah. Even our emotions. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah, and the cleansing power of anger. I just don't think we give it enough credit. Right. Like I'm sorry, but it, it took it took a level of resilience and stubbornness for Jesus to carry that cross mm-hmm. up the hill and then to allow himself to be nailed on it. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can't tell me that anger wasn't a part of that, that the whole time he just had this weird hippie smile on his face and was numb. Was, <laughs> he was not numb. Right. And he was, and that's even where a lot of times his weeping comes from. Um, so John chapter 11, Jesus is, is uh, standing in front of the tomb of Lazarus, one of his good buddies that died. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd been dead for four days, which according to Jewish tradition, that meant that he, there was no coming back. Yeah, he was gone. He was gone, <laughs> right? And it's interesting because one of the shortest verses in the entire English Bible, uh-huh. it's um, Jesus wept. Now, what's fascinating is he weeps, but then he raises him from the dead. Yeah. So you kind of ask that question like, well, what the heck was he weeping about? I think in that moment he was weeping through gritted teeth. Hmm. I think it was his frustrated desires, his sadness that was manifesting itself in an anger mm-hmm. that led to tears coming from his eyes. And ultimately, what is he angry about? The world was not supposed to experience this death, mm-hmm. this brokenness, this pain. Mm-hmm. And that leads God to a healthy move of anger to make things right, mm. to set him right. So the goal isn't anger. It's that motion. It's the, it's the movement right. that, can, that can help transform or reform or restore what is lost. And when you think of it through that perspective, it does change the emotion. Yeah. It does. And it's very different. That emotion is very different than what I was doing to Zion when I snapped at him. Right. In that moment, anger was self-protective. Mm. It wasn't protecting of someone else. 
and you bring up a really good aspect of the emotion with that Mm -hmm. in knowing and I don't want to go too deep into Enneagram. Sure, sure. No, that's fine. But understanding like your number and understanding how you encounter that emotion is important, even with self-preservation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the Enneagram, uh, you know, this kind of, it's popular right now, especially in Christian circles, mm-hmm. this, and, and it's personality based, but I think it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It, it goes back to the early church and, um, on the Enneagram, I identify as a type one, mm-hmm. which our root sin is anger, <laughs> which I was wondering, I was like, is that why you asked me to do this? My root sin is anger. I'm so familiar with doing this. Um, but it's, it, my anger is totally self-protective. So I talked about how um, a lot of my anger is internally focused. Mm-hmm. The, the, the mantra of the one is I want to transform the world, but I don't want the world to affect me. Mm-hmm. Like that's my goal. And as a result, what I, the way I do that then is I try to perfect myself internally by berating myself. Um, the, way, the way that Enneagram uh, um, literature describes it is inside of a one's mind, there's always a judge, a jury, and a prosecutor. They're mm-hmm. all of them, and they're always guilty. That's exhausting. Yeah, it is exhausting. But the, then what happens is, is that internal anger, anger never stays in one place. Mm. It always desires to move. So the internal anger that, that is, has an endless supply inside of me is trying to protect me. But it's actually what it's going to be eventually doing is transferring from me to someone else. And that's where Zion walks into the room. And because I'm not internally perfect, the world can negatively affect me. And as a result, I lash out Mm -hmm. as a way to protect myself. There is nothing in that moment that was me trying to fight for my son's heart. It was totally Mm self-protective. And a lot of my anger, Mm -hmm. which I think is different from this generation's anger... Mm -hmm. A lot of my anger has been throughout my life self-protective. But like I said, that's the earliest emotion. It helped me survive early on. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is the tools that helped us survive when we were young eventually become the tools that destroy us the older that we get. Ouch. Yeah, it does. It kind of stinks. But it's also knowing that's nice. Yeah. You no, know? <laughs> and that's good because yeah. I think God meets us there. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, he's the one that gave us that defense mechanism when we were five or six knowing that eventually he would ask us to lay it down. Mm. But that defense, that it helped us survive. Like mm. um, my spiritual director challenges me this a lot. She says, you need to make sure that you're approaching your anger with compassion, which sounds really weird. <laughs> but basically it's this. It's um, looking at my anger, the, the side of me that berates me, and, and to give gratitude. Say, mm-hmm. thank you. Like you, you helped me get to this moment. Mm-hmm. You brought me to this moment. And then I call this self-evangelizing. And then eventually you need to look at that anger and say, I just I just don't need you to do that anymore. I just don't need you to protect me like that anymore. I, I, I need you I need you to come in line with the fifty other tools that we have mm-hmm. um, that ultimately can help us deal with what it is that's around us and that's breaking us and breaking other people. Anger is not the only tool in my belt. Right. And I need to remember that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Um, we are, we're going to wrap up here in just a little bit sure. before we do. You're the boss, Liv. You just tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want to go that far. I'm just, I'm just spilling. I mean, Quadi's over in the corner, so I guess he could be uh, <laughs> the czar of the situation. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but before we wrap up, mm-hmm. if you could go back to college, Shane. Okay. 
experiencing anger and teach him one thing that you know now. What is that one thing about anger you would tell him? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a fantastic question because, you know, and this is what I love about transformation mm-hmm. is that whenever you said that, my first thought was, man, I, I think I know him. <laughs> um, it's kind of like being asked to go back to like, you know, I'm sure even some listeners, uh, you know, being asked to go back to your high school self. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think I know them. Yeah, uh, yeah college Shane um, was, um, I emanated, I, I, I radiated anger. I had almost like an anger bubble around me. Mm. Now it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't something that didn't let everybody, anybody in, like people were allowed in, Mm -hmm. but especially those that I saw as um, a potential destabilizer, a threat to me. Um, I would put up, you know, whatever I could as far as a front Mm. to, um, to keep them at bay, Mm -hmm. you know, um, matter of fact, I even talked, I, I still struggle with this, but it's like this almost gang mentality is what my anger is, has affected my relationships. Like when you're in, you're in. Mm-hmm. If you betray me, you're dead, <laughs> which that's not healthy. Right. Right. But, but college shame, <laughs> that's, that's how I funked. That's how I survived. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just go back and tell him, um, um, there's basically there's, there's more tools than just one. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're not, you're not, um, as unsafe as you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, I would also say, and you're, you're not understanding that you're truly just sad. Mm-hmm. You, you, there's a part of anger. It's a protection to keep us from the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned this from studying the Enneagram because typically the, the anger moves down into the headspace and it gets caught between motion and, and thinking in order to protect me from going into the heart space. Mm. I would challenge college Shane to connect with the heart space that I'm running from, Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to keep people away from. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's ultimately in that heart space where I think Jesus was waiting for me to meet me in that space because he knew it wasn't just the most neglected, it was the most abused space in me. Mm. Um, And anger protected me in order to keep me um, safe, but it, it ultimately, it didn't mean to, but it started, it imprisoned me. Right. So I would go back and tell college Shane, um, it's, it's time to take a step into the heart space. Yeah. It's time. At the same time, I'm thankful the Lord brought me about at the pace that he did, because I don't know if college Shane could have handled that step. Mm. So it took, it took 31 year old Shane to actually take that step. And I'm thankful that God is tender with us and allows us to, um, mm-hmm to progress at the pace that he knows we can handle. And I think that's a good reminder too. Yeah. Even if we're aware that we really struggle with one emotion or the other, yeah, we don't have to have it all figured out. Not today. Right here in this season. No. Spirit wouldn't do that to us. Mm-hmm. The that's spirit, it's, you know, the way I always describe to my students is like, we can't forget that, um, that, that the definition of cancer is growth too quick. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, so yeah. allow the spirit to give you the pace of growth. That's good. You know. That's really good. Um, well, Shane, thank you for walking us through anger a little bit and sure. being super vulnerable and sharing a little bit of your own experience with that. Um, 
thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Liv. Yeah. It's been a delight. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. Oh, okay. Chick-fil-A. Well, is that Chick-fil-A? No, we, we have to shout out Chick-fil-A. Okay, I was going to say. Or do we have to pay them if we say their name? Uh, okay. quite. No. Okay. <laughs> is this copyright? We better shut this off. <laughs> and that's all we have for today. <laughs> thank you again for lending us your wisdom and mm-hmm. insight on this emotion. And thank you listeners for tuning in today. You can stay with connected with us or learn learn more about our emotion series. Um, be sure to be following us at CH College Age or come kick back with us on Sunday nights. I'm Liv and we'll see you next time on another episode from College Age.